A warning. This week's episode of Hitting Play contains generous usage of the following words. Oh, don't make me read these aloud. Bunghole. TP. In reference to restroom paper. And diarrhea. And now, the show. I played King Lear, for goodness sakes. Hello, and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and joining me is someone who can always use some TP, Sean. Oh, I always need TP for my bunghole. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Good to see you, Scott. Good to talk to you. Well, this week, uh, we watched an episode of the great MTV cartoon, Beavis and Butthead. Yes. This was a show that really affected me as a as a young person. <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, in more of a positive or negative way. Yeah. But I was affected. So, and I'll <laughs> talk about my experiences with that. Well, of course, if, if you're going to pick one episode of Beavis and Butthead to watch and uh, to cover, you have to go with the classic, The Great Cornholio. Uh, so, that's the one we watched here. It's officially listed as the 31st episode of season four. Uh, you know, a lot of times you got multiple episodes shown within the 30 minute block. It originally aired on MTV July 15th, 1994. It was written by the show's creator, Mike Judge, along with Christopher Brown. And, uh, yeah, this was, uh, uh, ended up being a pretty big episode of the show. Yeah, and I actually did some uh, reading about this, because I remember this when it first came out. I think I watched it maybe live, you know, the first airing of it. Oh. And I'll talk about my, my Beavis and Butthead experiences in a minute, but... Yeah, actually, Mike Judge came out and said that this is the best episode of Beavis and Butthead that was made. <laughs> I mean, kids just repeating these phrases because it's so funny. Um, after the facts, was through my high school was uh, abundant for weeks afterwards, months afterwards. And it's funny, you know, Beavis and Butthead. I know we'll talk about this in a second, Scott, but there were some episodes that Mike Judge really didn't like after mm-hmm. the facts, including the two pilot episodes, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Did not like those. They were actually on, um, well, I'm sure you're going to talk about this, but they're on Liquid Television. Yeah. Um, before it was, it was its own show. But this one, Great Cornholio, which is actually originally called Breakfast Burritos, <laughs> before they changed the name. I'm glad they did, although, you know, there, there's a good reason why it's called Breakfast Burritos. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just a, a little back history on the show. Beavis and Butthead got its start, as Sean just mentioned, 1992, a show called Liquid Television, which, that was a great show. I always loved watching that as a kid. Basically, oh, yeah. it was, uh, you know, before MTV got into the whole reality game, you know, aside from music videos, they had this show. It was a, basically an animation showcase. It featured yeah. all of these shorts, different styles and genres. I think Eon Flux got its start there as well. Uh, really interesting, very uh, art-oriented. I really always appreciated that, even, you know, as a young child. But uh, Beavis and Butthead started with that short. Do you remember Frog Baseball, Sean? Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, I remember Frog Baseball. Um, yeah. Li- Liquid Television, yeah, I mean, so being a child of the 90s when MTV was kind of in its heyday before they started going to, when they actually showed, you know, music videos still, <laughs> uh, as a majority of their programming, that was, a. I mean, I remember staying up probably being 14, 15 years old, and Liquid Television would come on at, like, 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> yep. It was always, so, I mean, staying up with, with friends and just staying up all night long and eating garbage and just watching TV and movies, and you were out of it by that time, or at least I was, and then Liquid Television comes on, and like you said, with Beavis and Butthead and, and um, the other shows, and some of those cartoons were, were pretty, fr- I mean alternative interesting stuff kind of freaky stuff oh even ren and stimpy was shown that oh yeah back then. that was great too yeah and that was just like you said it was just this there was no like real narration to it it was just like liquid television came on the screen and for about half an hour an hour whatever it was they would show like these various cartoons mm. and flux like you said was you know freaky if you ever saw the cartoon of that but yeah that's probably my first experience with you know, this kind of animation, but definitely Beavis and Butthead. I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember when I was a kid if I saw it on Liquid Television first or if I saw it when it became a show and they replayed, like, Frog Baseball and some of the, you know, earlier ones. 
I, I can't recall, but yeah, this is a big part of my uh, my teenage years. The whole MTV experience. Yeah. And now I, MT- MTV is just, you know, hot garbage, so, <laughs> my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm a few years younger than you, so this was a show that, it was obviously a big hit when I was in elementary school. You know, as you can imagine, the uh, the demographic <laughs> was, you know, uh, aimed at, or let's let's just say it resonated mostly with the uh, younger kids anyway. But, yes. uh, yeah, I was not allowed to watch this show growing up. My parents were just like, no, you're not going to be watching this show. And it's just like, oh, come on, I want to see this show. You know, it was so big it uh you know it was on mtv at towards you know nighttime all yep. the time you see the commercials for it uh, i think that's when i saw frog baseball is after the series took off they had replayed it a, a few times i mean marvel had a comic book series for it kids were showing up with hats and buttons and t-shirts uh, it was a huge cultural phenomenon Oh, yeah. I mean, they had the video games. They had, yeah, you yeah. know, feature movie. Beavis and Butthead Do America. Yeah. It was, it was huge. The t-shirts alone. I mean, not just, you know, Beavis and Butthead style t-shirts, but everyone started wearing the, um, you know, the rock and roll or heavy metal type t-shirts after this, too. The ACDC um, and Metallica ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a thing. Like you said, Scott, you're a few years younger than I am, but... That's one thing I love about Beavis and Butthead too is that these guys they actually have you know on the wikis and things their actual how old they are what their birthdays are mm-hmm. so they were the same age as I wa- that I was when the show was on they're like <laughs> between fourteen fifteen years old right born yeah. around the same time so this is really my generation and that even before Beavis and Butthead I mean I think they played off the whole heavy metal type um, you know uh, kid mm-hmm. off of. And it, they rolled it into Beavis and Butthead. But yeah, that was a huge thing when I was in school was, you know, Metallica t-shirts or, um, you know, Guns N' Roses, huge, White Zombie, all the heavy metal bands, um, Slayer, all those all those guys. They used to have all these t-shirts. So it definitely appealed to me as, as that age group. Yeah, I remember it being on the afternoon. I remember coming home from school and it was on right after they had like the top 10 videos of the week or something. Mm-hmm. It's probably like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Beavis and Butthead would come on right after that. And I used to tape it, and I remember for a few weeks straight, I don't know if you remember this song, Scott. There was a song by a band called Green Jelly. The song that they did was called, um, I don't even know what it was called. It's about the Three Little Pigs. It was a story of the Three Little Pigs. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it was all like in Claymation-type animation, the whole video was. And that was like the number one video for weeks that's the one thing that sticks in my mind is watching Beavis and Butthead after watching this Green Jelly video every day for like three weeks. Because <laughs> it was just the number one video and it played every time, every day at the same time, like 3.55 or something. It's really funny. Yeah, Green Green Jelly, they were actually pronounced Green Jello. They put an umlaut in their name so it looked like jelly, but they always claimed it was supposed to be pronounced Jello. We talked yes. actually, we talked quite a bit about them, Hamish and I, during the uh, Maximum Carnage episode. You can go back and listen to that. In our oh archives. yeah, they, actually, they were in that. They had songs in that in that game, right? Yeah, they did the soundtrack yes. of the video game, but they were also in uh, the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack, the Bear song, the Bear went over the mountain, and uh, yeah, they were they really regarded themselves as a, a comedy band too. Yeah, so I, that was uh, quite an interesting group. Yeah, I'm trying to look up as we're we're talking the name of that song. I just remember it was, you know, like, little pig, little pig, let me in. And they had to, not for the hair of my chinny chin. It was just a crazy, that's what it's called, Three Little Pigs is the name of the song. Yeah. But it's all like claymation. If you get a chance, it's on YouTube. Just to search Green Jelly, Three Little Pigs, and you'll see what I mean. It's just a funny song. And it's like, this is the stupidest, how is this, you know, number one for so many days in a row? <laughs> but it was, and um, yeah, that was that was funny. It's like the uh, Tom Green, the Bum Bum song. Do you remember that? Yes, the Swedish that, bum bum. Yeah, that was uh, that was after Beavis and Butthead, but you know that, that well, was uh, a, another big comedy show of its time that kind of just took over things. And they I, uh, Tom Green put out the call for everyone to vote for it number one on uh, Total Request Live with Carson Daly. They had to retire it because all the Tom Green fans were spamming the polls. I guess I remember that was probably one of the. I'm sure it was one of the videos in that you know the countdown before Beavis and Butthead came on one day. Or oh, I'm a, few, sure. a few of the days was, you know, the Swedish bum bum song, which cracks me up to this day. <laughs> you know, he had Tom Green's hilarious. That's another that's another podcast. But yeah, that was a, that was huge. But yeah, just going back to uh, Frog Baseball, that was 1992. Mm-hmm. And that was just, you know, terrible thing where they're 
hitting frogs with planks of wood and all this stuff and all the mayhem that ensues. But yeah. it was actually a very big hit with the network. Surprisingly, they loved it. And uh, Mike Judge was signed to a development deal from that short. So Beavis and Butthead ended up running 200 episodes from March 8th, 1993 to November 28th, 1997, including those two pilots previous, like you mentioned, that, uh, you know, I don't know if Mike Judge counts them. And they did have that feature film in 1996, Beavis and Butthead Do America. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, probably one of the most famous things besides Beavis and Butthead that Mike Judge is, uh, you know, popular for or famous for is King of the Hill. Yeah. Animated that for Fox. That was on for, I don't know how many seasons, a long time, and was a, a fairly, a very popular um, show. Yeah. He also worked on the uh, the cult hit movie Office Space. Yes. And uh, currently, his uh, most of his focus right now is on his critically acclaimed HBO comedy, Silicon Valley. I forgot that's a Mike Judge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something that's very, very well done. And like you said, acclaimed by, by everyone. It's, on, it's going into its fourth season, yeah. I believe. Um, very soon. Everything he touches seems to turn to gold. He's a very, very talented man. And, and every time you hear interviews with people that have worked with him, they just love him. And they, they are in awe of his greatness. Yeah, and he's he's such a interesting guy. If you look at his um his background, he, you know, studied physics in college. And, you know, so he had this career in, um, in science and physics that he just, like, walked away from, basically, to start doing animation. And it worked out for him. I mean, you know, you think someone walks away from a career like that with a degree, it's going to end up horribly. But Beavis and Butthead and, you know, King of the Hill, Silicon Valley, and a very talented, very talented guy. It cracks me up every time I hear uh, Mr. Anderson's voice. Because <laughs> the voices, Mike Judge does, you know, a number of the voices. And I think he does Mr. Anderson. I'm not sure. Yes, he does. Um, and it's the same, same voice as Hank Hill. Yeah. Same exact voice. And it just cracks me up every time you hear that. Either one. Even his look, too. I mean, the design is pretty close, too. Yeah, exactly. It's just, this, you know, same background, basically. Mr. Anderson is basically an older Hank Hill. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite Beavis and Butthead characters, is Mr. Anderson. <laughs> he's so clueless, and it's, it's just so hilarious. I think there's one episode where he hires him to, to go and uh, like dig a pool for him. Remember yes. that one? Oh, yes. And he keeps on... Oh, he says, are you the same boys that, you know, broke my mailbox? Oh, no, those are other boys. <laughs> and he just totally destroyed everything in his yard. It cracks me up. Uh, don't they, like, fill it with cement or something? Yeah, they just don't know what... I mean, come on. They have no idea. They're, they're, the back hole gets stuck in the thing, and they fill it with cement, and it's just <laughs> it's a huge mess. I think they knock over a shed. It's, it's just crazy. Uh, so, yeah, Beavis and Butthead ran for 200 episodes, and then years later, just kind of out of nowhere, it was revived for an additional 22-episode season, and that aired from October 27th to December 29th, 2011. So yeah. That, that bumped up the total to uh, 222, and like we were talking about, during that 14-year hiatus... You know, that's where Mike Judge was doing uh, King of the Hill and Office Space and, you know, all that stuff. And I watched, uh, I saw some of the, the reboot, and it's basically the same as same thing as the original series. The animation's pretty much the same. The, the background, they're not any older. It's just like they rebooted the ages. Um, so they're still 14 or 15-year-old kids, because yeah. of what head. It's just set in 2011, and the videos in between, you know, during the uh, episodes... Are different. A lot of it is current MTV shows. Mm -hmm. Like I think, like Sixteen and Pregnant is one of the shows they really make fun of. Yeah, Jersey um, Shore. Yeah, Jersey Shore. So it's not so much music videos. They take clips of what MTV has become, which I think is really clever. Well, it's clever and it's cheap because they they already own that stuff and they can publish it without any headaches. Because as well, yeah. I, I going in forward in my notes, I got some more stuff, but. Yeah, it was a lot easier, but I don't know. I was actually quite pleased with uh, that final season of Beavis and Butthead. I, I was like, oh boy, they're bringing it back. What's it going to be? It matches almost seamlessly other than the, you know, the updated technology and stuff that they're showing in the episodes, but it's pretty close to everything else. Yeah, exactly. I was quite happy with it. Yeah, I have to watch the rest of it. I saw a few of the episodes, but I didn't see the entire thing. But uh, speaking about Beavis and Butthead on home video, it's been very tricky over the years. And, you know, as we're talking about a big part of each episode are those segments, Beavis and Butthead are sitting on their couch and they're riffing on music videos, almost mystery science theater style, you know? Yeah. But because of rights issues, a lot of that had to be cut out and it's uh, difficult to uh, re-air, rebroadcast, to sell on uh, home video. And so a, a lot have been cut out. 
And in addition to that, there's been controversial moments of the show and lines removed by the network and then cuts on top of that that Mike Judge made himself to the show. Uh, if you remember in the 90s, uh, probably one of the reasons why I wasn't allowed to watch it, there was a lot of talk about uh, the potential for kids to imitate what they saw in the show and cause harm to themselves or oh, cause yeah. harm to the others. And, you you know, you hear all these rumors, oh, this kid did this because he saw it on the show. And so basically now, many of what you can buy on DVD, many of the episodes, they've been digitally chopped and sliced and diced over the years. Yeah, and we both watched this in different ways, this one episode. You have it on DVD, I believe, right? Yeah, I bought the uh, the Mike Judge collection that was uh, released in the mid-2000s. Yeah, so there's no music videos on the version that I saw. As a bonus, I guess they were able to get the rights to a couple of those segments, and they showed them at the very end, I think on like disc three of every box set, as like oh. a special feature. So you get a couple of them, but you never saw it in its original form. As far as I was able to find in my research... Aside from, like, bootlegs and stuff, there's no complete home video releases of this show. Yeah. So the one I saw did have the music videos, and I, I, we'll talk about them in a few minutes, but they came right back to me when I watched them, and they are the funniest. I think they're the, the episode is the funniest episode, and these music videos crack me up, the ones they, they showed during this, this episode. Yeah. They were always so great, so sharp and biting and a great commentary on the, you know, the music of the time and the video trends of the time. It's unfortunate that they were cut out for those home video releases. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's the case with a lot of shows you see on DVD. I'm trying to think of another one off the top of my head that has original music from the time and they just have to cut it, you know, chop it out because of copyright issues and everything. Oh, like in Living um, Color, that, that yes, show? Oh yeah. my goodness, like you can get those dirt cheap and fans hated them because... Uh, a lot of the musical performances were just replaced by generic, like, beats. Yeah. It's too bad. Even, like, Quantum Leap, I think they took a lot of the music out of that that was, you know, artist-driven music that they couldn't get the rights for. Yeah. Replaced it with generic stuff. So it's 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 a sad reality of, of the legal system, unfortunately, and, and the entertainment. All right, so let's get right into this episode. Uh, now, when you watch the opening of the show, you get the show's theme and the title, along with Beavis and Butthead in profile, laughing. That was always... Like, my favorite thing, seeing that, that show up on the TV, because you know, you know, the episode is about to start. And they had the, um, and I, I, I'm looking it up right now to see exactly what the, the warning screen was. Remember that? Yeah, that came, episode? that came after, early on they didn't have it, but then once, like I was talking about those, you know, news stories started coming out about kids doing all this crazy stuff, MTV felt compelled to put a disclaimer. Do you have it? Yeah, I have it right here. Um, I, that's the thing I remember, you see that pop up, it's like, oh man, here we go. So it says, Beavis and Butthead are not role models. They're not even human. They're cartoons. Some of the things they would do would cause a person to get hurt, expelled, arrested, or possibly deported. To put it another way, don't try us at home. <laughs> so that was one version of the disclaimer that came out. Probably the first version. Yeah. And the funny thing was they had, like, cheesy, uh, like, banjo music in the background when they played it. <laughs> yeah. So kids, unfortunately, just like the kids who tried to uh, imitate stunts on, like, Jackass... Um, MTV had to put a lot of disclaimers out back in the day. Oh, yes. Unfortunately. Now, this uh, takes us to the episode's title card, which always features some sort of animation for the letters in the episode's title. Uh, usually, it has something to do with what'll happen in the episode. Uh, here we read, of course, MTV's Beavis and Butthead in The Great Cornholio, and we see that the words The Great Cornholio kind of spin around in a frenzy. Yeah. Now, from here, we open on the exterior of the house of Stuart Stevenson. Uh, Stuart is a, a schoolmate of Beavis and Butthead. He kind of thinks he's friends with them. He's always really seeking their approval. Yeah, the, the thing that cracks me about Stuart is that he, you know, again, he's, he's like a dorky version of Beavis and Butthead. He, he thinks he's good friends with them, like you said. He thinks they're, you know, like best friends, best buddies. Yeah. And the fact that he wears a winger t-shirt cracks me up. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that just really shows how lame he is. I mean, no offense to winger, if anybody's a winger fan. But they're not the same level as like a Metallica or a ACDC. It's, yeah. just, it's just a funny little detail. <laughs> so uh, next, Beavis and Butthead, they walk over to ring the doorbell. And we find out they're visiting because they've brought Stuart's homework or his schoolwork. Although uh, they're really more interested in laughing at the fact that he's not coming to school because of some sort of diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> and then David asks, I think Beavis asks Butthead, you know, why are we going here again? It's like, oh, yeah. because he has diarrhea. And just cracking up. <laughs> but 
And so Stuart's mom, just known as Mrs. Stevenson in the show, she invites them in, thanking them for bringing over the schoolwork and adding that poor Stuart was on the toilet the entire night. Yeah. And, and Butthead's just loving this, going, really? Diarrhea? Diarrhea? <laughs> She's like, I'm afraid so. And they just <laughs> chuckle uncontrollably. Uh, Beavis even adds a few of his own sound effects. So she asks if they've eaten breakfast yet. They're not sure. Uh, Beavis says that he thinks he did once. Yeah, that cracks me. It shows uh, that's that's really funny. And it's kind of a reference to their home life. You know, we yeah, never do see I no home life. <laughs> yeah, we never see any parent. They're just kind of in this vacant house. They eat whatever they can find. Most of what they are seen eating is you know fast food or nachos from the convenience store and stuff. So you know, it's a really uh, bad situation that they're in. You know, I've always saw that. I'm like, well, they must have. I mean, they have mothers, obviously. Yeah. There's a whole backstory in, in Do America where they meet their fathers and the mothers are not very, um, you know, they don't have chastity, really. But, I mean, the power's on, so they must be doing something in the background Yeah, to, to keep on, you know, I don't know if we ever find out whose house it is. Is it Beavis' house or Butthead's house? But they just, they're there and they're surviving. The house is a mess most, of, you know, all the time. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, poor poor Beavis, and they're such idiots, and just being able to, you know, not even knowing what breakfast was, or not even, you know, <laughs> cracks me up. So, uh, Mrs. Stevenson offers them some breakfast burritos that she made for Stuart, hence the original title of the episode. But uh, Stuart is too sick to eat, so Butthead just grabs the plate from her, you know, really showing how they're starving kids. <laughs> you yeah. know, they, they have nothing, and uh, they, they sit down at the kitchen table while... Stuart's mom brings him some more TP, which uh, we'll hear that a lot more. And, you know, again, most of the time you see them eating nachos or burritos from the convenience store. So they think these are, again, normal burritos. They hear breakfast burritos, they hear burritos, and that's it. Yeah. That, that's why they're so excited, too. But, you know, the fact that they're starving, plus the fact that's something you're used to for breakfast. Right. Although they, they start to eat and uh, they're immediately repulsed. Butthead declares that it's not a real burrito, with Beavis adding that they were tricked, and he got eggs in his. It tastes like crap, yeah. Oh, Butthead saying, no wonder why Stuart got diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> also, while, while Stuart's mom walks away, they're speculating of where she's going to put the thermometer. Oh, yeah. Perhaps his mouth being the second place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, do you think it's very, you know, do you think you're going to put thermometer up his butt? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. And, and I was surprised that this was the morning, so I, they mentioned that it's homework that they're bringing. Are they... I thought this? it was, I thought they were going to pick up his homework. Yeah, but they give it to him. Oh, they, they give her, I didn't see that, did they give her homework? Yeah, she takes it over to him, that's why they're alone. So I, oh, I was okay. a little confused of what time of day this was, but obviously they are eating breakfast now, and we will see them at school later, so... Uh, maybe they were supposed to bring homework the afternoon previous, and this is when they're doing it on the way to school. See, I always had the impression that they just—they heard they had diarrhea and wanted to go see that. And yeah. when they got on into the house, the mother assumed Mrs. Stevenson assumed that they were picking up his homework. Like, no, oh, these, I, these are such good boys; they're picking up his homework, and they're just there to, you know, see his diarrhea. No, I but, thought they—I I yeah. was pretty sure they had the schoolwork with them. Which, again, why would they even volunteer to do it? But you know, probably just like you said, because. They think it's hilarious that Stuart has diarrhea and they want to go visit him. Or they just gave it to, you know, Spivis and Buttons that bring this to this kid. And they, again, like you said, forgot. Well, either way, they're there in the morning. Yeah. Um, but with Stuart's mother gone and them not liking those burritos, they decide to next scour the kitchen looking for anything worth eating. And uh, after hopping up and kneeling on the kitchen counters or opening and closing a few sets of the cabinet doors, Beavis finds the mother load, a cabinet containing ding-dongs, chocolate, candy. Oh, yeah. There's even a bag of sugar just sitting there. <laughs> just us devouring everything on the counter. Doesn't <laughs> even take it down. Just stuff's going everywhere. And then uh, when Butthead tries to go over and he sees what's going on, you see it from the point of view of looking straight at Butthead and Beavis in the background is the way the camera shot is. Yeah. And Butthead runs over and Beavis pushes him away, and you can see he's start, starting to freak out. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, the transformation is beginning. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because Butthead, on his side of the kitchen, all he's finding is, like, bran treats, raw oats, prunes, and all this stuff. So, he, yep. he runs over. Beavis is already in the middle of his frenzy, and he's scooping everything up. He doesn't even want to share what he has. But, yeah, this is where he holds his fists in the air, and he's violently shaking his head back and forth. Uh, occasionally stopping to, you know, choke down a few more sugary foods, but yeah, Butthead is pretty surprised and pretty amused at all of this. He even tells Beavis to settle down. 
He's cracking up, yeah. He's a little chuckle. Now, Beavis continues eating, and from here we cut to black. Now, this originally was where we saw the first music video? Yes, this is the first music video it cut to. And this one was hilarious. So, it's by a band, which I have never heard of before watching this, and that's the way a lot of these music videos were. Some of them are pretty mainstream stuff, but most of them are just these bizarro bands. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, popular bands that had, like, a, a B-side type video. This is a band called Sausage. It was an alternative, like, funk band in the, the late 80s, early 90s. And this video was... And I didn't catch the name of the song, I apologize. But the, the guys were in almost like... They looked like the tick. The, the outfits they were dressed in. Okay. Okay? Like, blew out jumpsuits that were skin-tight jumpsuits. And one of the things that Beavis first says, because it sounds... I think they're, they're heavily influenced by... Um, or they toured, I think, for a while with Primus... Okay. It sounds like Primus, and Beavis says, are these guys Primus? Because that's the first chords of the, the song. Butthead, I, I would cracked up when I, I heard this again. It was been 20 years since I heard this. He's like, no, this band is called the... I'm going to screw this up, so I apologize. The semi, Semi-Inferious Tubolial Buttonoids. <laughs> that, was the, that was the name of the band, um, according to Butthead. Okay. Um, <laughs> Semi-Inferious Tubolial Buttonoids. <laughs> And unfortunately, on, on Sausage for Sausage, on their Wikipedia site, this is also mentioned that they were in the, an episode of Beavis and Butthead. Let's see. Actually, the video is, I can tell you the song right now. Um, Riddles Are Bound Tonight is the name of the video okay. from, from Sausage. So they go into this, after they talk about the name of the band, they go into this whole thing about how crap can see as it's going through your digestive system. <laughs> To come out of your rectum and how it doesn't get lost. It's like this whole big discussion while the video is playing. Okay. And how crap, you know, has like a sense of uh, doesn't need to see, doesn't need light. Because basically, Butthead told Beavis that the butt is dark. And Beavis was awed at the fact that the butt is dark. So that's when he asked the question, well, how does crap get find its way out without, you know, eyes? So they go into this whole thing about how crap has a sense of almost like a sonar type thing where they could find its way out of the rectum. It was just this, this really hilarious discussion. Oh my goodness. And then at the end, you know, they say, Beavis tries to say semi-inferious tubulodial butt noise and he screws the whole thing up and, you know, just like I probably just did. Just very, very funny video. Um, and I remember this as a kid and just cracking up at the name of the band. Poor, poor sausage. <laughs> All right, so from here, we open on uh, Beavis and Butthead. They're now at school, back at uh, Highland High. They're sitting in the back of Mr. Van Driesen's class. Now, uh, Mr. Van Driesen is Beavis and Butthead's hippie teacher. He has long hair, kind of a wispy beard, always wears a peace sign shirt. And yes. he, of course, is also voiced by Mike Judge. I've always liked Mr. Van Driesen. He's very funny. He has a lot of patience for the boys, but uh, sometimes He's really trying them. to help them. Yeah. Now, while sitting in class, Butthead notices that Beavis is still acting strange. His fists are clenched, his eyes are tightly closed, he convulses, and he's making some sort of, like, rambling sound. And uh, Butthead... <laughs> yeah, he's just going back and forth. <laughs> and Butthead laughs as Beavis begins to make these strange, angular poses, and he's continuing to shake and to spout gibberish. And Mr. Van Driesen, who's in the middle of teaching the class about, looks like, Central America, he the finally... Yeah. yeah, he finally notices Beavis's strange behavior as he uh, passes around with the the back of his shirt collar pulled up to the top of his head and so uh if you notice beavis will repeat some of the names of the countries that mr van Driesen says again with a very similar spanish accent to van Driesen. yes and uh, this repeating of spanish words it's kind of uh triggers his cornholio persona and uh the repeating of words in spanish has become one of the behavioral traits of this uh I don't know, this alter ego, I guess. This really bizarre Spanish accent. I mean, definitely made up, you know. Yes. Um, agua, agua from my bunghole. Yeah. It, it just starts, oh, that's, this cracks me up so much. So uh, Van Driesen tells Beavis to sit down, but Beavis, with his palms held up, asks, you know, are you threatening me? I am Cornholio. I am the great Cornholio. <laughs> so Van Driesen goes back to the blackboard. He continues the lesson while Beavis next walks over to his classmate, Daria, bothering her, asking her for some TP. And uh, Daria, of course, you know, went on to have her own series on MTV, just called Daria, you know, as we, we talked about yeah. earlier. It ran for 65 episodes from 1997 to 2001, 
And uh, Daria here and in the show Daria are voiced by Tracy Grandstaff, who also we heard earlier doing the voice of Stuart's mother. Oh, okay. And Daria was a different um, type of, a little bit different animation style or drawing style. Yeah, I, I liked say. it. It was, yeah, it was very clean compared to Beavis and Butthead, which is kind of, I guess I, I describe it as like a rougher type of animation. It was very it's kind of smooth and clean. Yeah, very smooth lines on that show. Solid colors. It was very, yeah. very nice. Nice look to it. And uh, but the fact that he asked Daria if he has, she has TP, TP for his bunghole. <laughs> they always bothered Daria. They always called her diarrhea. <laughs> you the uh, diarrhea, cha cha cha. Cha cha cha. It's like yeah. diarrhea, diarrhea. <laughs> it's almost as good as a Stuart wets his bed song, which cracks me up every time. <laughs> Stuart wets his bed. Na na. <laughs> uh, you know, I got a quick story about this episode and about this part in particular abuse's behavior. Yeah. Uh, in the mid '90s, when this came out, I worked at a famous grocery store chain. And uh, if you ever worked at a grocery store on like a Saturday afternoon, and you're a cashier, especially when it was busy, it was like the most mind-numbing experience you can ever experience in your life. Sta- <laughs> standing at you know one register for like six hours in a row. So, and at this point, I was just tired of everything. And I actually said to myself, you know, I'm going to start acting like Beavis to the customers. <laughs> For a little bit and see how this just pans out. Just because I was bored. So I was, I, you know, didn't go crazy like this, like at the episode, but I started making them a little like, rrr, 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 and I was oh, bagging wow. groceries and, you know, like, oh, and just people were <laughs> staring at me. It was the funniest thing at the time. You know, I don't, I don't think I ever said anything about my bunghole, but I was just like making the little, I love that whole thing where he's freaking out and going, rrr, 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 rrr. <laughs> so I would, you know, take, I'll talk to them, hey, how you doing? I'll take their, Start packing up their groceries, take their money, and then start going. <laughs> but that's that's my experience. I, I did it one time. You should do it at your job now. I, I do sometimes, but I'm by myself most of the time, so it's not as <laughs> not as funny. And my coworkers now would know to you know probably expect that, so it's not as shocking. So next, Beavis again with his arms held up at stiff right angles, he walks out of the class saying, "I am Cordolio. I need TP for my bunghole." And meanwhile, Butthead just sits at his desk and laughs. I mean, this is. This is even more than Butthead would do. Like, he, this is even too much for him. And, uh, you know, this is where Van Driesen, you know, asks him to sit down and he, the whole threatening me thing. And he walks out of the classroom and yeah. <laughs> he, he questions Butthead about, you know, what's something going on with Beavis? What's wrong with Beavis? And Butthead just says, well, I just ate a bunch of, you know, drink a six pack of soda and ate a bunch of candy and crap. Yeah, 27 candy bars and a six pack of root beer. Yeah, and, and uh, this is, I just read a study that, you know, sugar isn't cause um, hyperactivity. <laughs> yeah, Sean, you got kids. Is that true? Does sugar cause hyperactivity, or is it just a myth? Uh, no, they're pretty hyper pretty much all the time, so <laughs> it, would, it would take some really scientific studies to figure that out, and I just don't have the patience for that. Yeah, but Van Driesen, you know, obviously is a high school teacher of the time. He's, uh, you know, very uh, in tune or tries to be very in tune with the students and, and thinks that maybe it's a drug problem. That's why he's like, you know, is is Beavis having a problem that I should know about? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Butthead is just laughing. He's saying that was cool. You know, seeing Beavis flip out and stand up and, you know, talk like that to the teacher. And just walk out of the classroom. <laughs> now, the word bunghole, we should talk about this as well. This was very clever by Mike Judge and the writers, because this, I mean, now if you look it up, it does say, you know, slang term and all that stuff. But really, it, you know what it is, right? You know what a bunghole is? It's a, it's a hole in a barrel. Yeah, for, for like a cask. Yeah. So it's a very innocuous word, but it just so happens to kind of fit in between the word bum and dung. And so you kind of get this innocuous word that's in the dictionary that the FCC can't really say much about. No, no, it's bungle. And TP is also another one. I mean, he's yeah. not saying toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. He's just saying TP. So that could be anything. Yeah, very, very funny. Even Cornholio or Cornhole. Yeah. It's a, it's a game, for yeah. goodness sakes. But again, it has that whole idea of the butt, basically. Dirty sounding words. Dirty are not sounding. Really dirty. Cornholio and bunghole. Yeah. But now you hear those words, it's all you think about is this episode. It's oh, yeah. Because of this, you know? I'll never see bunghole in the same way. <laughs> Let's isolate that clip and yeah. use it over and over on the show. All right, so now do we cut to another music video here, Sean? Yeah, right around here, um, we cut to the, the second music video, which is actually, it's interesting because it's not, you know, usually like the sausage video, at the end of the, the video actually ends and it shows like the MTV writing in the corner that shows 
the the band's name, the the record, the uh, song's name, and then the producer or whatever. This is an interesting one because it skips right or starts off with a um a Bon Jovi. I'm talking like hair 1986 Bon Jovi video, and they automatically start dissing it. There's some butthead. They're just like, oh Bon Jovi, and then it it skips during the video. I don't even know what song it was. I've never heard it before. To a silhouette of a woman, you know, like taking off stockings in a in a window. Mm-hmm. And that just changes her whole attitude. And they're just talking about the woman and, the, you know, seeing the woman and what she's doing. And it just goes on for a minute or so. But that video doesn't end. Actually, it's a funny line where it's talking about Butthead asked Beavis if he called the cable company and told him not to play this Bon Jovi crap anymore. <laughs> and Beavis says, oh, yeah, I called him and said, do you have any 12-pound balls? Or do you have 12-pound balls? Mm-hmm. So, like, just totally screwing up the whole the whole prank by calling the cable <laughs> company for that. <laughs> so then it, it just the video doesn't end it just skips and it does kind of like a staticky and mm-hmm. it flip like the flipping channels to the video a very famous video by Devo Whip It oh yeah and it's kind of like a, a shortened version of it it's like right in the middle of the video and you know Beavis likes Whip It and he does his Whip It impression <laughs> and you know he starts singing you must whip it but one of the funny things about it which is very timely for that time period was um they said the lead singer of Devo, who's doing the whole, you know, if our problem comes along, you must whip it. Mark Mothersbaugh, I believe his name is, yeah. Scott's a big fan of Devo. And um, a seagull one, too. What's a seagull? Flock of seagulls also. Oh, yeah, yeah, I ran. So, yeah. Well, just on a side note, you know, Mark Mothersbaugh ended up doing a lot of music for television and animation. Yeah, so did all the music for the uh, Rugrats, which I, I was watching really? around this time, too. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, very talented guy. Of course I know Mark Mothersbaugh. Well, Devo is super group, so I mean, it's awesome, awesome. <laughs> but continue, I'm sorry. But, so, he's doing this whole, you know, the whole, that's a very, if you ever listen to Whip It, if a problem comes along, you must whip it. Yeah. They compare him to Ross Perot. Beavis oh, thinks it's Ross Perot. And just, because it sounds, and he does an impression of him, it sounds like Ross Perot doing Whip It, which is really funny. <laughs> and if uh, you were alive at that time, or, you know, that was a big thing, Ross Perot was um, the third uh, presidential candidate in the 92 election. Yeah, the 92 election with uh, Bush and Clinton, where, where Clinton won. But my parents were big Ross Perot supporters at the time. Went to rallies and the whole deal. Oh, wow. But so it was a very... Very timely uh, reference at that time that he made to Ross Perot. <laughs> Didn't even end the Devo video, it just kind of went to stack again back to the episode. All right, so back to the episode. We cut back to Beavis, who now barges into an empty girl's bathroom and, of course, yells his catchphrases once again. And uh, even though he's in the midst of some sort of sugar-induced psychotic episode, as we see, he does briefly acknowledge how cool the echo sounds in there. And we get that with his character, you know, sometimes he'll just be in the middle of this episode, but then he'll cut away to say that something is cool, or he'll very calmly acknowledge something or someone in some way. He does, <laughs> like, the Beavis, like, a little chuckle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he next shows up at Mr. Herrera's Spanish class, <laughs> interrupting a lesson. He just goes right in, shouting in the doorway his introduction as Cornholio, asking for TP for his bunghole, and uh, Mr. Herrera, you know, he's really trying to keep his cool. He asked, Senor Beavis. Yeah, in Spanish, you know, because he was just teaching the kids in, in Spanish, so he continues. Senor Beavis, donde esta tu hall pass? Yeah. And then, of course, Beavis is just quivering. Like, Are you threatening me? Are you threatening me? It's hall pass? <laughs> and finally, Mr. Herrera breaks his accent and just demands, you know, what are you doing? And, Do not uh, make my bunghole angry. Warns him not to make his bunghole angry, amongst his other ramblings. Again, it's like word salad. It's just a, a mixture of all of his key phrases thrown together in ways that do not make sense. Uh, Mr. Herrera orders Beavis to the principal's office, to which Beavis actually very calmly agrees. Then, as Cornholio, he says that the principal will give him TP, and he walks away, muttering something about where he comes from, that they have no bunghole. <laughs> it's like... And poor Mr. Herrera here, he's, as we talked about, the Spanish teacher. He only shows up twice in this series, and both times he's being harassed by Beavis. <laughs> really? The second yes. time also? He does show up in 2011 in that, that later series, but yeah. only as a background character. Oh, okay. So, next, we cut to Beavis sitting in Principal McVicker's office. And, man, McVicker shakes more than Cornholio. Oh, McVicker's, yeah. I mean, you can tell he's just had, he's on the DTs or something. He's this <sighs> poor guy. He tremors with anger. Like, you know, you can tell he's, he's got this 
pent-up anger and anxiety. He tells Beavis, you know, I can't have students wandering the halls, interrupting other classes, and giving prophecies of a great plague. <laughs> that, like, cracks me up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, especially all this stuff that we don't hear him say. Yeah. Yeah, so funny. And the fact that Beavis is just, at this point, Corholio's gone. Yes. Um, it's back to Beavis, and Beavis, uh, at this point, says, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Nick Vickers is, is totally, and they actually have this sappy music in the background. Because <laughs> he's, you know, if this is the uh, the first time a student has ever, you know, apologized to him. And this is the start of a new day sort of thing. Oh, he's in complete disbelief. You know, the yeah. Beavis and Butthead, like, one of them actually apologizing for something? Especially when uh, those two. I mean, he probably gets, yeah. he gets no respect from any of the kids, uh, you know, apparently. But the fact that Beavis is apologizing for his behavior... But this whole time, he's just eating, like, McVicker has... It's funny, if you looked at McVicker's desk, he does have that bowl of candy that Beavis is just devouring candy from. But he also has a pack of cigarettes and an ashtray. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, for, yeah, for the 90s. Yeah, I don't see that anymore. No, no. Nowhere near a school. <laughs> but like you said, he, he feels that, okay, well, maybe this is a new day for Beavis. This is a turning point. And instead of punishing him, he's going to let Beavis go. He even goes as far as saying that he's proud of him. And he tells him, yeah, go ahead, take some more candy on your way out. So <laughs> Beavis walks out of McVicker's office and the secretary asks, you know, you're going to go right back to class, right? You know, but Beavis now finishing the fistfuls of candy that he had taken begins convulsing once again. And with clenched fists, he says, no, and he pulls his collar back over his head. He holds up his palms and now he once again declares, I must get TP for my bunghole. I am the great Cornholio. So yo, that was the end of that. Complete. Yeah. Yep. More sugar, that's all he needed. And then we have this kind of walk, he's walking into the sunset type of moment as he walks down the hall. <laughs> as the episode closes out, yeah. Yeah, she, the secretary offers him a hall pass. Like, she was willing to, like, give him one, but nope. He's now a re-energized Cornholio, and I guess he's on his quest for TP, I guess, <laughs> as, we're, yep. as we close. TP for his bunghole. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's how the episode ends, just with him wandering the halls once again in this frenzied state and they they knew after this episode that they hit gold with oh, uh yeah. cornholio I, I don't know if they like you said we like mentioned before the episode was called breakfast burritos and they they changed it after the first viewings they realized that this is such a huge um character and the total i see that after you know the great cornholio this episode he appears in you know at least five other episodes you know yeah. including the 2011 reboot and, of course, in Beavis and Butthead to America, he um, had Cornholio appear in that also. Oh, he had to, of course. Yeah, there's an episode called Butnicks, where he becomes Butnicks. a famous poet. Uh, there's an episode called Via Con Cornholio, where he's accidentally deported to Mexico. This is a big episode for the uh, character, because this is where we learn that Cornholio is from Lake Titicaca. Yeah, <laughs> Lake Titicaca. Titicaca! Titicaca! Uh, he was also in the episodes uh, Bungholio, The Lord of Harvest, and Generation in Crisis. And uh, yeah, it, as you mentioned, in 2011, they actually had this big episode for Cornholio where it was called Holy Cornholio. Did you ever see this one? No, I've read about it. I haven't seen it where it becomes a cult leader. Yeah, the, the cult, some cult worships him, be, believing him to be their reincarnated leader. And they make offerings to him in the form of, of course... Mass quantities of toilet paper. Oh, teepee. <laughs> uh, Cornholio that lives in all of us. <laughs> and I, I still sometimes it comes out like, you know, the senior Beavis and or, you know, do not make my bunghole angry. <laughs> I forgot about the Lake Titty Kaka. That was funny. But very, very, very funny episode. A big moment in the history of the series. And that was just culturally just such a big show of its time, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. it's still very funny to go back to and watch. It's definitely, Beavis and Butthead, if you've never seen it, it's definitely worth a little view because it's it's an extremely funny show. And just so relevant to the youth of that time, I would think. Not, not all the youth, obviously. Myself, mm -hmm. relevant to me. If you say 1990s, that's a, a defining point of 1990s cultural is Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah. And you think of The Simpsons, you think of other things, but Beavis and Butthead is definitely part of it. And I, you know, I know Mike Judge has episodes he doesn't like. I think they're all hilarious. The situations they get into are just really, really funny. And these get they they think they're getting you know do these uh these cool guy things, and they're going to be these really uh these studs, and they get into these situations which are really um just hilarious. And some of them are really kind of vile too. And oh yeah. Do this censoring, but 
yeah, definitely worth watching, especially this this episode. Great Cornholio is a good place to to start. It's pretty mild in comparison to you know some of the other ones, but it shows you know if you if you're a fan of any of our Mike Judge's works, this is where he started. This is where it really uh man take off. Yeah, and you know it is stupid, like it's stupid humor. These characters are as dumb as you could possibly get for a character oh, yeah. on television. But still, you know, Mike Judge is, you know, a very clever writer, very funny gags. These episodes, even though they're, you know, 20 years plus now, they still hold up. These are, these are hilarious episodes. Oh, yeah. And this, just them watching, like you said, riffing on the music videos is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Riffing on different different products. Uh, you know, there's it wasn't just music videos. I know, like you said, the 2011 series was mostly just, you know, clips of shows, MTV current shows. But then yeah. I think it, I, you know, it, it got to think about, too, it, these are MTV shows. Jersey Shore. I mean, 16 and pregnant and whatever. Mm-hmm. My, my super secret, I don't even know the shows. <laughs> Sweet 16 or whatever it is. Right, right. And they're, they're making fun of MTV's own shows, which is pretty pretty funny. Yeah. And I, I wish you'd bring it back. It seems like the, the last season was just, it was a, Mike Judge definitely didn't need to do it. You could tell he, he did it because he loves the series and he loves the characters. And MTV offered him an opportunity to do it, and he did it just for the love of it, I think. Yeah. And it's really, again, it was the golden age of MTV, in my opinion, back then. And MTV is a shell of what it used to be, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. The, uh, yeah, Mike Judge did express some interest in making more episodes of the show beyond that, that 2011 series. But like we talked about, Silicon Valley is doing very well. You know, he's got bigger and better things to worry about. He does make films uh, from time to time. I think Extract was another one of his films that came out. So, you know, the guy's very busy. But, you know, yeah. uh, what what was that channel? There was some... I don't even know if it's still around. There's some MTV Classic channel they launched a few months ago. And oh, really? Okay. That was very promising. They were going to show classic videos along with uh, classic animated shows like The Head, Oddities oh, yeah. The Head, uh, The Max was on there, and Beavis and Butthead. So I was like, all right, let's watch some classic Beavis and Butthead episodes, hoping that the music videos would be in there. Uh, because that's what they did on MTV2 a few years ago. But I think they weren't allowed to show them anymore, and so they were all pulled. But unfortunately... The Beavis and Butthead episodes on that channel were the 2011 series only. Oh, okay. Yeah, so in the meantime, though, if you want to see these episodes, check out the Mike Judge Collection box sets. They're very, very cheap. They're less than $10 a piece, and now you can get all three box sets, uh, possibly even with the 2011 series, I'm not sure, but you can get them all in one box set very cheap now. The season four, I think, or volume four, they call it, the 2011 series, is on Blu-ray, because it's, uh, you know, produced in high definition. So it looks great if you have a high-def TV. But those are all very, very affordable. And, uh, you know, well worth your money and your time because they're only, like, six minutes apiece. Yeah, yeah. It's just not a long-time commitment to watch Beavis and Butthead at all. Not at all. Really, MTV should go back and just create a channel and just start from 1981 or when they, they played their first video and just replay the old tapes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think that would be the best thing for them at this point. Real of the 80s. Because for they had so many good shows. I remember as a kid. Oh man, those are the days. I used to watch uh, Cartoon Sushi, which also Cartoon was Sushi. around the time. Yep. As well as uh, this was a little later than Beavis and Butthead, maybe towards ninety eight, ninety nine. But Syphil and Ollie, did you ever watch that? No. That was a very weird. I think Liam Lynch uh, created that show, and that had uh, two sock puppets. If you can believe, uh, two sock puppets hosting an MTV show for a half an hour with sketches with other sock puppets in them. Really strange and subversive humor. Uh, not like anything you've ever seen on television. It's just amazing to think that MTV gave, you know, 30 minutes of their prime, like 11.30 p.m. programming to sock puppets. But they did. Yeah. That, that's a, that's another great show I always loved as a kid. Well, it was, it was a, a network where they could... You know, you knew you were going to find stuff like that. Like, stuff you wouldn't see on any other network. Yeah. The most mainstream thing they had at that time that was produced well was probably the real world started up. You know, they started off with those that those type of reality shows. But that was it. I mean, the rest of the network, as far as I can remember, was, you know, Liquid Television and Headbangers Ball and all these other just, you know, privately made shows that were, you know, perfect for MTV at the time. And now it's all this, this mass-produced stuff. And it's very, very sad. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but... It is. What are you going to do? Well, fortunately, with the home video releases, you can kind of program your own network, you know, at home. That's right. You know, watch watch things in the order you want to watch them, and that's kind of how TV is nowadays. But fortunately, these episodes are there. Like I said, they are 
chopped up and cut, so you are going to miss some things, but this is the best we can get at this point. But yeah, still well worth it. And it should be worth mentioning the Cornholio episode. I, I think I mentioned this, but no jokes, no lines, nothing was cut out of that other than the music video segments. Yes. Yeah. So that's a pretty intact episode. And there's tons of online resources. There's a wiki for Beavis and Butthead um, to get more information. They have, a, you know, of course, Wikipedia entries and pretty detailed information about the episodes on there, too. So check those out as well. All right, and that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, what you need for your bunghole, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com. <laughs> you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Uh, Sean, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I think the only thing I want to plug right now is everyone, um, if you have Netflix especially, go on there and watch some of uh, MST3K, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. I believe recently, I noticed them recently, they added a bunch of episodes in one kind of, um, I guess, playlist, you can say. Um, They used to have a bunch of MST3K episodes on there, but they're all separate, so you had to kind of search around for them. And now they kind of organized them into like a season almost. Mm -hmm. But they have some great great episodes on there and it's all in preparation for the relaunch which we're very excited about of mst3k which is coming very soon i believe april 14th april 14th yeah april 14th it's a new mst3k which is very exciting which will be on netflix also but i mean they had episodes they have the best episodes on the current playlist from the joel and mike eras the 90s and early 2000s you know, Manos, Hands of Fates on there, Jack Frost, I just watched this past weekend. <laughs> What's the laser one? Laser, laser Blast. Laser Blast is on there. I just there. watched Future War. I just saw Ega as well. Oh, Ega. Oh, Ega's great. Uh, Pod <laughs> People is on there. Yeah. Which is a great one. So yeah, just, just jump on those and, and check those out. And of course, we'll get ready for the April 14th premiere of MST3K relaunched, which we're, again, thrilled about. Yes, and soon after that, there will be an episode of Hitting Play about one of those episodes, so yes. stay tuned for that. Yes. Maybe more than one. Yeah, we might do the whole series. How many are they doing initially? I... Oh, there's, there's quite a bit. I don't know if we're going to do the whole series, but we'll we'll probably do more than one episode about it. I'm so happy they decided to go with Netflix. I, I heard rumors that they were going to be going on some other format when they first announced it. Yeah. And they signed this deal with Netflix, which is perfect fit. I mean, that's just going to be awesome. Yes, so good. No commercial yeah. sign, though. I, I, I tweeted to them, what happens to commercial sign? Oh, well, they have to have to do something. It burnt out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> New ship. But do you have any other plugs? Anything else? Nope, that's it for now. Uh, I am on Twitter. My name there is at MC and Friends. You can follow me there. I am also on Instagram. There I post uh, my old vines, you know, my flip page animation and drawings and little humorous stuff. So you can follow me on Instagram at MC underscore and underscore Friends. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, you can subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It would be very much appreciated because it helps us out. And if you do, you'll get a shout-out on the show. For Android users, we are also available to stream and or download on Stitcher. We can be found on TuneIn Radio and the Google Play Music app. So please uh, check us out on those platforms. And if you have a Roku device, you can download the TuneIn Radio channel, set Hitting Play as a favorite, and you can stream these episodes right through your television as they are released. Well, we have been Sean and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>